But today's show is going to be a bit different from what you're used to because a lot of things have been happening. And you know, when there is insecurity, when there is crisis, it's not easy to make money. You know, it's not going to be easy to say you want to do business when um, there is so much war and crisis all around the place. So, which is why today's money show. I'll be focusing on the major issues which have been affecting the country in general. I will be focusing on the security challenges across the country and uh, various bad, bad things that have been happening of recent, which we need to talk about. We really need to talk about it. And so, um, Life again on Star Booster Radio, the only radio where we make you happy, where we make you smile, where we put joy on your face. Your favorite OAP will be covering and bringing your news. So I'll go on a very short musical break, very, very brief. And um, once I'm back, we're going to move ahead, ahead, ahead. So don't go anywhere. I remain your favorite man. Show you good, 
Thank you. Um, I'm back from the short break. Um, Will I call it a water break or will I call it a short musical break? But that was Lolo from Omalay. Yeah, that's one of my favorite artists, man. And so we're live back on Star Buster Radio and on the Money Show. And it's your favorite OAP, The Black Messiah, on a new Kuizokuna radio station. And once again today, I said I'll not be talking about the money, but about the prevailing issues in the society which have been reducing the ability of people to make money. And one of these issues is the issue of insecurity in Nigeria. The level of gross insecurity in Nigeria is becoming alarming because nobody is safe. A decade ago, I was in college, or let's say in high school, uh, at government college, Uwewe, and very close to my school was the state headquarters of the police, that is the police state command, state CID Uwewe. I can remember then in school, you could start a fight with a student and you wake up in police cell. It was really, really um, so close. We always had police cases in school. Now, students who were naughty, we are always disciplined by the police. And very close to our school at the same time was the government house. So we always got visits by the governor. Sometimes his helipad landed in our um, football pitch. And... Um, we always, there was a prison also very close by, so you could see the prisoners walking, uh, there were armored tanks, there was maximum security everywhere. But all of a sudden, we are now hearing that there is a prison break in the most secure location in Imo State. And it gets me wondering, why on earth should the governor be sleeping in his room and be hearing bombs, be hearing gunshots, be hearing wanton destruction and not be able to do anything to stop? This attack lasted for hours. There is an army barrack very close at Obinze. They did not respond. They did not intervene. The police command itself was destroyed. The armored tanks in the prison were not working and the government's house did not respond. Which means that if these people had come for even the state government house, they would have had leeway and they would have gotten access to the government house. And it leaves me wondering what kind of nation are we that cannot protect the most secure places in our country. And instead of the government to find a way to fish out and to solve this problem of insecurity, the government the next day played a political game and tagged it the handwork of IPOB. Who denounced it and said they have nothing to do? Other than doing investigation, they just woke up and said, oh, it's IPOB. 
And less than a few hours later, the governor came out again and said, oh, it's not IPOB, it's my political enemies. So you are telling the people of Imo State, the business people, the people who do business in this state, that you don't know the deadly group that could blow up a prison, destroy the police state command, you don't know them. The people who have been going to all the checkpoints and rendering them useless, you don't know them. The people who have been seizing police armory, you don't know. You don't know any of them. How do you expect people to invest money in a state where there is wanton destruction, where there is no peace, no security of lives and properties? How do you expect investment to come in that kind of state? You expect me to come on air and read business news from a state that is burning with violence and insecurity? How can you do business in such a state? Think about that. A state where even the governor is not secure. The government house was attacked until date. No investigation. If these people can attack the government house, there is n if they can break the prison directly in front of the government house, if they can destroy the state's police command, the police command in charge of a state of over 5 million people, I'm really sorry, but there is no limit to what they can do. All across the state now, no security. All the checkpoints in the most state are down. And it's a shame. It's a shame that this is the kind of country that we are living in and we are planning to attract business to. I, the Black Messiah, will not condone such an air. When I come on air, I will expose evil and I will condemn it in the best possible terms. And now it's not just about Imo State anymore. We can see what happened in Ebony State. A group of people who are ranked at the fourth most deadly terror group in the world by the US in Nigeria here are called uh, headsmen and bandits. And they are giving money, giving land, giving government protection, and they go around wrecking homes and killing people in their houses. Now come to think about it from a business point of view. Someone has 200 cows and with his cows he destroys acres of land. He destroys the means of livelihood of others. He destroys the farms, threatens our food supplies. He spreads diseases. So many diseases come from cow dung. We have an increase in environmental pollution because cows release a lot of bad methane into the environment. Cows produce more methane than even cars. And so we are contributing to global warming. And they take these cows all around the country, causing desertification, wrecking the economy. And the government does nothing because these people are from the tribe of the president. Therefore, 
they are untouchable. How can someone invest in agriculture in a country where your farms are not protected and where a group of cows led by a boy wielding AK-47 is going to come and eat all your crops and kill you if you dare put pesticide on the crops? Nobody is safe. And it does not go well for business. We cannot say we are going back to agriculture when we have a group of nomadic terrorists going around slaughtering people in their farms. If the government is serious about stopping the importation of food in Nigeria, then they should stop killing food. Because the government is killing the growth of food in Nigeria. The number one reason why our agriculture is not working is because Fulani herdsmen are destroying the small farms and the small supplies we have. So many farmers have died in the hands of these killer herdsmen. Why would someone take cows around? How is that even profitable? If these guys rent a ranch and ranch these cows, they will have less debts, they will produce more quality meat, the price of meat will even be better, and will have enough cows in supply. Why must they move cows across the country? Why? Why should our highways be filled with cows, with malu? Is that how we want to grow our business index? In a place of insecurity, we are a group of cow owners kill people. We are the lives of cow is more important than the life of citizens. This is not the way to go. I, the Black Messiah, will not come on air and sugarcoat anything. I will not cover off evil. I will speak up against injustice and against evil. That is me. I am Niku as a black messiah. It's really, really sad. It's really, really appalling that we have to go through this day in, day out, every time of the day, every time of the year. We keep talking about the same thing. We keep complaining about the same thing. And the government keeps doing absolutely nothing about this. If you know you're not ready, to provide security then tell us so that we can privatize security tell us so that we can build our own security networks privatize security if you cannot provide it because security is an essential commodity for business we cannot do business in a country of dubious and insecure people we cannot Now another issue which is wrecking business in Nigeria is the idea of import substitution. Yes, import substitution. That has been a major problem in the country because every time we try to do import substitution, we cause more inflation and we devalue our, our currency. Now think about it. Ever since we stopped the importation of rice, the price of rice rose from 10,000 naira to 22,000 naira. 
meaning that we were importing 100% cheaper. So, why should we say we are substitution importation when by the local production is even worse than importing? How is that going to help the average man? Who cares where the rice is eating comes from? I don't care if it comes from Europe. As far as the small salary I'm managing is enough to feed myself and my family. So because your neighbor is close by and he sells a bag of rice for 50000 I should buy it just to support my neighbor. When I can go to market and get it for a cheaper price, we should stop deceiving ourselves in the name of import substitution. Most of the time, what happens is that people who want to monopolize a particular sector of the economy spread this talk about import substitution, stop importation of things, receive exclusive license to import those materials, and then manufacture a little which is inconsequential. This is the same thing which we have been complaining about the Dangote Group. As you know, the Dangote group, when they wanted to go into cement, they went to the government, formed the consortium of cement makers and said, we don't want importation again. We don't want importation again. We want to manufacture, we can manufacture enough cement to build houses in Nigeria. And the government banned importation of cement. His competitors died off because at that time they had not set up their plants. And they banned importation of cement and he monopolized the production of cement, sells 80% of the cement in the market, has total control over the price, and today we are buying cement over 100 times higher than what we would have bought before. In Zambia, where this same man exports cement to, a cement bag sells for 1,150 naira equivalent, while in Nigeria we are selling at 5,000 naira. So much for import substitution. Now we are talking about petroleum. We are importing petroleum. We have to refine at home. And you will see that once we start refining at home, the price of oil is going to shoot up. And they'll keep giving reasons. They'll give you, oh, there is a lot of problems. There's this and that. Uh, there's no light. There's no power. There is this. So why fight for import substitution when you know that you don't have the comparative advantage? I wonder the kind of economic schools these guys went to. A country should produce a product where they have comparative advantage. That is what you should focus on producing. You don't just say you want to produce everything and hike your prices, lead to inflation, lead to more poverty. More people are getting poor because they cannot afford to pay for the basics of life. If we are to say that we produce something locally, then it should be cheaper than the imported alternatives. It should be. There's no reason why you should tell me that I should buy something locally when it is two times higher the price I get outside. What's the meaning of that? So with shipping and everything, I get a better quality at a cheaper price and you still tell me that you are doing some form of import substitution? That is bullshit. Capital bullshit. 
Supporting local industries should be when the local industry is enough to produce it, they will meet the demand of the society, and then we can talk about exportation. We can't even produce enough rice to feed Nigerians. And we are talking about banning rice. So ever since we banned the rice, there has not been any incentive for the local producers to ram up supply. Why? Because they will just ration the few they have and get better prices. After all, no one else is going to expand or bring in more rice. So now they have the supply. They are like OPEC. They can determine the amount they put in the market and manipulate the prices to their best advantage. And at the end of the day, who suffers the cost of such stupidity and fake patriotism? It is the average people, the poor masses, the downtrodden who suffer. We can't keep deceiving ourselves in this country. We can't. We have to come back to our senses and do the right thing. That said, I would go on another short break. I would go on a short break. Um, a musical break again. And um, when I'm back, we would cover the news in the business world for the day. I remember my humble self, Mr. Chamaka, the Black Messiah. We are online 24-7. Let's 
So, um, as I said today, uh, I'll be tackling mostly not just the money talks today, but I'll be focusing more on the issues we are having. And so, the Scots have granted the CBN's request to freeze 11 bank accounts which are under investigation. Now, you have to understand that I have never seen a country is so quick at freezing accounts like Nigeria. Since 2015, we have frozen, we have frozen, sorry for the wrong English, a whole damn lot of accounts for really, really banal reasons. And most times the court does not have any uh, any proof or the government does not have any proof or any investigation. They just freeze account and start investigation. It's not as though these accounts, they have uh, a tangible link. They just freeze the account then claim they will start investigation which they never start. And so now they are freezing 11 accounts. Now here are the owners of the account. Two bank accounts in the name of Austin Ogochuku a businessman, one belonging to Belfort Energy and Allied Services, three belonging to Belfort Oil and Gas Services, one belonging, three belong, one belonging to Circleflow Integrated Services, three belonging to Casinaus Wealthy Nigeria Limited, and one belonging to Tasmania Integrated. And so. The question is why? Why freeze the accounts of these people? 
I know the funny thing. There's no reason. <laughs> there's no reason. They say there is a, 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 an investigation. What is the investigation about? Is, did these people steal money? Are they crooks? Why are you freezing 11 bank accounts? There is no reason. And the courts just do whatever the CBN tells them to do. This is the same thing they did during the NSAS protest. They just woke up and they freeze the account of people claiming they were funding terrorism. After 180 days, they did not make any case. They did not invite any of the people for questioning. Nothing was done. All they do is freeze accounts. Bitcoin miners are consistently earning $50 million daily. <laughs> now this is really, really, really sweet to hear said last year they were earning around 12 million but today is about 50 million so these miners are basically minting money <laughs> minting money this is um this is really really funny i i'm i'm trying hard to imagine how this was in the past when only the government could actually let's like, say mine gold or let's like, say mint money today decentralized systems have made it possible for people to do this kind of things on their own and it's um, really sweet to see something like this now billions of dollars lost in the crypto market this is over 29 liquidated now this is in the futures market now people made losses of over 1.67 billion dollars <laughs> you know I'd say to read the good before the bad so in the futures market people are making a lot of loss so crypto isn't something you just think yeah you're going to be making money you're going to be making cash in cash in cash in cash in cash in cash in people are making loss 296,566 traders the money disappeared Now, the largest liquidation order was on BitMEX. Somebody lost $10 million. Wow. $10 million. Now, convert that to Naira. That is about $5 billion Naira. $5 billion Naira. <laughs> really serious, isn't it? Really, really serious. Ten. You see, that's why you have to get uh, a very good crypto education. And on Starbuster Video, we always recommend um, Hope Academy. Hope Academy, where you can learn crypto and get to understand it better. And if you're in Nigeria and you want to buy crypto, we recommend Bonkweep, which is a wonderful place to buy. We'll drop the link in the description. 
for those who are interested. Now on the energy news. The federal government has brought out an explanation as to why they liquidated four licenses from Adax Petroleum. Four licenses from Adax Petroleum. And uh, as you can expect, uh, the reasons are pretty frivolous. None of them had to do with a court order. It is something that the government can wake up and decide to do based on their own judgment. The executive arm, the power statals, wield more power than the courts in Nigeria. And this is one of the things that is destroying the business world. Because you cannot do business in a place where you are not sure you get justice. So if you have a contractual problem with someone and the person is linked to the government, sorry but you have lost the court case or you will never get justice or the case will keep being postponed in court forever and ever really sad really really sad still on the money's matter now Manchester City has lost about 192 million in uh, 2019-2020. So net loss was 192 million. <laughs> it's funny, right? And uh, the funny thing is that this club passed financial fair play rules. They passed the FFP, and um, they are going to keep spending and spending and spending and spending. And nobody is going to complain. Nobody is going to say anything because uh, they are Man City. <laughs> hey, it's not because I'm not a City fan, but hey, this is much, man. One ninety-two million loss, and they still bought how many defenders? You know, they still splashed money in the market and bought defenders, bought Ferran Torres, bought players. Man, cut me some slack, man. There's too much, really much. You know, they only made money from Sunday's transfer and a few other bucks that uh, they spent 649 million 649 million that's what they spent you know it's it's not fun it's not fun to read it's not fun to read so that will be it for <laughs> the business news. We are already out of time and I don't want to keep you longer. I spent most of the time ranting and ranting. And so we'll have to call it a day. And um, I want to wish you the best of business today and your endeavors. And I hope that as you go, you're going to make money and you're going to spill a donation to Starbuster Radio. That's how we do it, right? Have a wonderful day. I remember my humble self, Mr. Chiamaka, on the Kuizuku Radio Station, the Black Messiah, and I'm San.